Alrighty, g'day guys and welcome to episode 009 of the Bradley J Driver Experience. I'm your host Bradley Driver, you can call me Brad. And super excited because today I'm here with a guy who's inspirational for me, um, but also Men's Fitness Cover Magazine, um, just inspiring a community of cystic fibrosis sufferers to have hope and believe that there's better things in store for them, which is for me very admirable. Mr. Ben Marge, how are you, mate? Very, very good, thank you. Thanks for the introduction as well. That was good. No, no worries at all. It's um, it's funny, man. I can't, I can't quite put my finger on exactly how I come across you originally, but it was probably three or so years ago now that I was sitting, and I'm pretty sure I was scrolling on Facebook, and an article popped up of of some sort, and I was last night sitting there trying to think exactly which article it was but I can't remember and it was something to do with I think it was almost like it had been shared it was it was major scale about you with cystic fibrosis it may have even been one of the CF pages that shared it three years ago may have been may have been Aston Kutcher's one um, fuck it wasn't that one but that sounds impressive Saying it, it sounds surreal. Um, but I've done, I've done so many uh, interviews now with some pretty crazy people. I mean, they were all shared by other people. So I did an interview with Aston Kutcher's company, A Plus. Yeah. And then that got shared by Aston Kutcher on his page. You know, it's not, it's not really him sharing; it's some team. But yeah. Um, and then Little Wayne shared it in his randomly, and then some guys from like. Jersey Shore or something like that shared. So it was, it was going yeah. quite viral. Um, but that would have been maybe three years ago. Maybe, maybe even longer. Far out. That's pretty cool. Couple so I, I, remember, I remember seeing something and I know I know I commented on it and I think my, my parents had a look and for them obviously, you know, in, in episode four of my podcast I spoke about cystic fibrosis and my health and I think as you would probably agree as well, that anybody who's fit and healthy with cystic fibrosis probably owes a lot of thanks to their parents. Um, in those early years, it's so critical to have good human beings around you who really care and do everything while you're not ready-minded to, to sort of live with it yourself. And, yeah. I, man, I give a lot of credit to my parents because I've come out, you know, at 23 years old, super healthy, um, with every possibility to do what I want in life with no real limitations because my, my CF has been kept well and I can imagine you're probably the same and I guess the people following the podcast got an opportunity to listen to that episode and it's been actually the most popular episode you know considering I've had some really cool guests on it's been the most popular because I think it was a little bit raw and from the heart and people got an idea to understand my story so I hope that listening to this today they can relate with you too a little better from that episode but man, tell us your story. Um, how old are you? Where are you living at the moment? And just a CF journey. So I'm 30 years old as of last week. Fuck, old bugger, uh, mate. Old bugger. Yeah, 30 years old. It's, uh, I remember turning 21 like it was the other day. Yeah. And I'm aware that old people say that, and I'm, I'm now, now I feel like an old person. But um, yeah. I'm 30 years old. I'm from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, I have been here my entire life. Well, I was, 
I lived in England for a very, very brief moment in time when I was younger. Uh, my dad's English and my mum's from here. So we moved yeah. to England for a couple of months whenever I was born. Yeah. Uh, my dad was in the military. He left because of me. Uh, he realised that my health was more important than, than that career. So they made the, this change to come over here. Awesome. Um, and live with my mum's side of the family. Um, they didn't realise that cystic fibrosis was massively um, studied and researched here in a university called Queen's University. So if you see any of the research, a lot of research comes from Queen's University when it comes to cystic fibrosis. So I was very lucky in that sense. But as you said, and I, I mirror that completely, is anytime I do any interview, anything like that, I always give credit to my parents because, I, you know, they give me the, the platform, the basis of where I'm at today. Yeah. They built that foundation and they they just allowed me to, you know, to be the person I am today. And I, as I said, I can't credit them enough for that because when you get older, you realize that your parents are just, just people. They're, they aren't these like all-knowing, all-powerful beings that you believe them to be when you're growing up. Yeah. They are just like you know I'm, I'm not older than my parents were whenever they had me and my brother yeah which blows my mind i can just about look after myself and my dog and i don't yeah. look after my wife but you know what i mean like yeah the idea of having a having a child let alone a child with a critical illness it's pretty scary my, isn't it you know I mean, it's it's unreal and it's again that's part of why i do what i do now today because of that thought that, that you know those parents out there who whose kids have cystic fibrosis they know nothing about it when they google it they get all this doom and gloom and you know i want to be that kind of that source of hope that when they find me which a lot of parents do and i i'm so so happy with that that they're like okay my child's life is not going to be as bad as i have maybe maybe been made to believe yeah um but to get to kind of get back to my story, um, I've been I was always relatively healthy growing up. My CF was always just kind of just a part of me, like you know, having blue eyes or being a boy. Like it was just it was just another part of yeah. me as, as being Ben or Benjamin, <laughs> um, as my parents call me and anyone my parents introduced me to. But growing up, fairly relatively normal childhood, uh, other than having to take tablets. That my friends didn't have to take nebulizers that my friends didn't have to take had some scars that my friends didn't have yeah um, but yeah my childhood was pretty pretty solid uh, I had two bowel obstructions when I was younger so a lot of issues with my bowels when I was younger um, and then it wasn't until I was around 18 that I got my first chest infection which really knocked me down quite a few pegs um, and again it happened then when I was 21 um, but haven't had anything since then so i haven't been in hospital for nine years now that's awesome really um, good to hear yeah it's it's again it's it was finding out what what i was doing wrong and then addressing those issues and that's kind of how i'm in mean, obviously being very proactive when it comes to my health massive reasons why i haven't been back in yeah and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute but I'm interested to hear because it's funny you say your first real chest infection was 18. I was probably similar. I sort of had a very active childhood where I was seven days a week. feel sorry for my family for driving me to sporting events and competitions. And I was just always playing sport and super active. And so I, was, I breezed through 
for lack of a better term, really breeze through that early stages of being a teenager and being really active with CF because I always felt healthy. It probably wasn't until I sort of, I think I was probably 18 as well and I had maybe not been focusing as much on my health as I should have been and come down with pneumonia and that knocked me about, man, like five, five weeks of being really crook. I lost nearly 10 kilos spent three weeks in hospital and that knocked me about a fair bit, but that was probably the first time that I actually really noticed my CF aside from just doing the treatments that I thought, wow, I need to really focus on my health here. And I've had one or two little hiccups since then, just with minor chest infections that I've been able to overcome. But part of this year was me realizing that for all the focus you can put on your career and other aspects of your life, as someone with cystic fibrosis, if you don't have your health, you've got nothing. So I've sort of realigned my focus this year to try and get on top of that again. And that's why looking to individuals like yourself and, and understanding, you'd know as much as anyone with cystic fibrosis, you can look at people in the health space who, you know, there's, there's hundreds of people who you can look at for inspiration on keeping fit and healthy. However, to understand someone in a similar situation who has similar issues to you is a really good way, which you probably didn't have. No. You know what I mean? So for me, I feel blessed to be able to look to guys like you, and I know you're pretty close with Josh Lewin as well. Um, yep. And look to guys like that and consistently say, okay, maybe there's certain paths and certain things we can be doing to improve our health of someone with cystic fibrosis. So when did you, when, for you, like, were there things you noticed you were doing wrong? Did you have a struggle period where as a younger sort of guy who's starting to go out, be more socially active, it got harder to manage CF? Not really. I, I, the, so a lot of the things that I realized were I was doing wrong, I didn't realize until years later. Yeah. Um, but it's then obviously with the furthering my education and, and, and learning and just being a nerd, I was yeah. just like, oh, okay, that's why that happened. That was why I was... Now, obviously, chest infections are... It's, it's completely random. Like, you could come across someone who... It is just down to odds. However, you can reduce the chances of something happening by doing certain things. So, obviously, getting adequate amount of sleep, eating the right foods training the you know, training the right way yeah making sure your mind is in the right position as well so those are the kind of my four kind of pillars as it were yeah. when it comes to dealing with cystic fibrosis but you know for all those things you could come up to someone who has cystic fibrosis or someone with cystic fibrosis come up to you you wouldn't have a clue and they could <clears throat> cough in their hand and shake your hand you wouldn't even know yeah and bang, you've got a chest infection you know there's things like that that you, you have no control over but what you can control make sure you do um but in terms of like how i adapted like i've never been one i'm I'm pretty i'm a pretty stubborn person like i've never been one that kind of crumbled the peer pressure like if my friends were like oh we're gonna go out drinking do you want to come with us and i didn't want to drink i'd be like yeah i'll come but i'm not drinking yeah like do you do you have liver issues do you have any liver issues Okay. And that's another reason why I don't, I never really got hugely into drinking because I saw the fact that I didn't have any liver issues as a, 
again a blessing the fact that i was like oh, okay i didn't get these so it makes no sense for me to abuse it yeah. also i don't really like that taste of alcohol i don't like what alcohol does to you and to me um it, it, again it's <laughs> driving me in the other direction of where i want to be it, it, I, again i have nothing personally wrong with drinking if people want to drink that's cool it's fine yeah. it's just not really for me that often um, yeah I, I just never let anyone else dictate what i was going to do and i think that's just been my way of doing things my entire life and i definitely got that from my mom yeah awesome awesome it's funny you say that like for me i've got liver issues so you know i, I knew since i was nine though so i was diagnosed with a liver disease at nine so i always knew that i wouldn't drink um just to preserve that as much as possible but i think it's it's so important the people you surround yourself with i've got great mates who all drink yep. all love a drink but would never try to pressure me to do it fully understanding of my situation and want me to be as healthy as possible so there's a really i think a big emphasis especially with someone with cf who's in their younger more social years to surround yourself with the right people yeah and again my, I can't again I credit my friends for being great friends they didn't they didn't push me into doing anything they didn't um, you know make me feel weird for doing things that they weren't doing again I, I'm still grateful for my friends my I've got three three main like four main friends that I've been friends with for one of them I've known since primary school or been friends with since primary school and I'm still friends with them one of them, as I said, one of them before we started recording this but one of them lives in Canada, one of them lives in England, yeah. and then one of them lives in Belfast. But it's it's always good to to have people like that on your side. 100%. Oh, 100%. Definitely. So for you, what, what did you feel like you were doing wrong at certain stages to have those little hiccups in your health? So I can answer that exactly. So when I was 18, I started, um, I started working in... I basically stopped organized sports. I left school and I wasn't doing PE, wasn't playing games, and I wasn't playing rugby or doing athletics. Yeah. So my physical activity levels dropped. Now I was going to the gym ish, I was doing training in my garage, but you know, to no to no standard. If I, I mean if I had looked at what I was doing back then now, I'd be like, Oh my god, you have no idea what you're doing. Like, it was it'd be embarrassing. Um but that was that was the big drop. Uh, I wasn't eating properly. I was eating like a child. You know, who it's kind of that thing you get when you whenever you start making your own money. You're like, I can buy whatever I want. Yeah. And my parents can tell me I can't, so I was like, buy whatever I wanted, and I was just not eating well. Um, and then the second time, it was a, a mix of a few things. Um, I had started working in. I had started working a different job. I had started working in the film industry, which is what I wanted to do initially and I had been working on um, a couple of different shows but film industry you're working crazy hours and you're not getting great food you're not getting again my mental health probably wasn't the greatest um, yeah. having to work with people I really didn't like um, but my sleep my sleep was affected the most yeah okay. uh, and then I couldn't train so those compounders and then also I took a flight to America and I think on that flight maybe I picked something up whereas and usually if I had gotten to Florida I would be able to sleep and you know do all the things I need to do to to help my immune system fight it however my parents weren't expecting me to come to Florida that year so I had to sleep on an airbed 
Okay. And that meant that I was having a really, really poor quality of sleep. And then that's when I came back and that's when I ended up getting put in hospital. Yeah. No, fair enough. And and did you take long to rebound from that or? I mean, long-ish. Um, again, I'm, I'm very dedicated to self-improvement in that sense. So it, it did take me a while, but it seemed to not take me that long because I was excited about progressing every time. Uh, so my lung, to give you an idea, my lung functions dropped to 66% at their lowest. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and they were usually at 100, and, 100 plus. So that was a that's, huge, huge That's awesome. 100 like plus is huge. It's huge, To be honest, that's, I mean, that's actually one of the things that I was going to ask you about because I remember probably a year or so ago now, I can, I can almost remember it, you saying something that you'd started doing that took your lung functions from, I think they were nine, high 90s at the time to over that 100 mark. And I was super intrigued to ask you what that was. And for anyone listening, if you don't understand what we're talking about here, with cystic fibrosis being a heavily, um, like a heavy component of that is lung health and respiratory health. And the higher your lung function, the better chance you are of having lower lung um lower amounts of infections in your lungs and keeping your lungs healthy for a prolonged period of time. And a lot of people with cystic fibrosis have quite a poor lung function, which is really sad. Um, myself personally, I sit around 80% at the moment, which I really want to improve. But hearing what you're doing would be really interesting because over 100 is pretty outstanding. Yeah, it was, it's something that I try to maintain as best I can. Um, so my lung functions, as I said, they dropped down to 66 and I got them back up to 100 after uh, maybe six to nine months. Not exactly yeah. sure on the exact time period, but that took a while. That was building it up from you know jogging to then running to then being able to run for a long period of time and then getting back into sports and then obviously waitering on top of that. Excuse me. Um, but the, the thing you were talking about, it was my lung functions had dropped down to, I think it was 87 or 88%. Yeah. Which for me was low. Now, again, this is the one thing I've always said to people, like you should never really compare your lung functions to anyone else because everybody's different. Absolutely everyone. You know, your weight is different to me. Your height is different to me. Yeah. Your genetics are different to me. Um, genetics in terms of non-cystic fibrosis genetics, there's a, there's a multitude of things that, that would um, have an effect on your lung function but you should never compare yourself to someone else's. The, the most important thing is when it comes to lung functions is first of all, the numbers again, don't matter too much. If you are feeling good and you're, you're not being um, hamstrung by any of the, the issues from your lung functions, yeah. it doesn't matter. Don't let the numbers dictate how you feel. Um, and a doctor told me that as well, which was great. But my lung function drops, dropped down to about 88%. And then I went to visit a guy in London called the breath coach. Yeah. Um, and it's taught me a bunch about breathing and it's funny because breathing and, and since then I've, I've just been very interested in breathing because it's one of those things that we are doing subconsciously all the time yeah definitely We're, we don't we don't need to think about it thankfully we do need really to think about it but also you can then think about it and control it it's one of the very few body functions that we have both innate control over and then completely control over yeah so we can 
you can do your entire day without thinking about breathing. However, then you can flip that switch and then suddenly become very aware of breathing. And when you realize that just like anything, you could be doing it better or you yeah. could be being more effective breathing or you could improve the, the your ability to breathe, it, it opens up a whole box of things. And I went to see this guy and obviously that helped a lot. I wouldn't say it was solely down to, to that work, but that helped uh, to make me more aware of my breathing and, and taught me you know that i wasn't really using my diaphragm as much i was using my my chest i wasn't really using my stomach to breathe yeah um that was fascinating but that brought me back up to 101 percent wow um, and i've kind of been around there for since that's awesome have you ever looked into wim hof yeah i've heard of, yeah yeah uh, yeah he's okay it's insane the, 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 again it just proves that the, your your body and your mind are body will do what your mind tells it to do yeah exactly and if you have a good conversation if you have a good you know conversational path with your body then it can do some incredible things i'm really looking into playing around with a bit of that and seeing how it affects lung function as well as just general feeling immune boost i'm pretty good from an immunity standpoint like which is obviously a huge topic at the moment with covid19 and what's happening with this virus, but, you know, my immunity is relatively good. It's probably been a year and a half since I've had like a common cold or whatever. Um, so I, I stay pretty healthy year round, but interested to hear what you're doing at the moment with this mass pandemic and how you're keeping yourself healthy. You know, as someone who's immune compromised to a degree with cystic fibrosis and it's hard, you know, I say that, but I would like to think someone like you or myself who's keeping healthy with CF would have a pretty good chance of fighting the coronavirus and not having too many issues. However, you don't want to test it by having it. So what are you doing to keep away from it? So so what you just said there is really interesting because I've been... I didn't really dive into the CF world for a long period of time. I, I kind of kept it at, at arm's distance uh, for my own self-preservation. It's, it's the way my mum kind of brought me up. Um, I did, I did um, as well, exactly just, the same. Yeah, just keeps you mentally sound. But then I then I really kind of got into a bit more when I started working with more people CF. And the one common thing that I found is that people CF believe they are immunosuppressed or they have immunity issues when the truth is most of us don't. You know, there's it's not actually that it's not true it's the i think it comes from the idea that we can never meet you know yeah so therefore slight, so there is a slight <coughs> immunity yeah but only in very very rare circumstances so again one of my clients said to me the other day i asked him for um one of his wins and he said this week i found out that people with cystic fibrosis are not for the most part immunosuppressed or, or have any issues with immunity i was like Good. It's good to know. That's good that you find that out. Immunity, I believe, is solely down to the individual. Yeah. I, I guarantee you know someone in your friendship circle or someone you know <clears throat> who is sick all the time. Yeah. Has the, is never functioning at 100%. They've always got a cold. They've always got a, a runny nose. They've always got a slight cough. There's just, there's people out there whose immune systems are just not great. And then there's people who are, you know, just like a spectrum. Again, myself and I'm assuming you as well, pretty good immune systems. I yeah. rarely get a cold. In fact, 
I can actually remember the last time I had a cold because it was so long ago and it's so infrequent that I can actually remember it. Um, but yeah, in terms of the COVID-19, I'm just staying, staying in my house and I'm not risking it because the, the, yes, there's a good chance we'll recover. Very good chance. But again, just like you said, I'm not risking that. I'm not risking the chances of being arrogant and being like, oh, if I got it, I'd be fine because realistically the virus is mutating and changing constantly so the way it affects person a is going to be completely different to the way it affects person b correct yeah what are your thoughts Uh, on obviously you said (coughs) excuse me there you said you've been self-isolating for how long now this is what day is it today wednesday uh 10 days 10 days how's that been fine yeah this is that's the thing like everyone's laughing at me because this is pretty much my normal life anyway in fact my dad at christmas only he made me aware of it at christmas and i had never really noticed he goes oh you don't really get out that much you don't see many people do you and i was like no no i don't (laughs) actually you know you think now i think about it yeah he goes well you you just go to the gym that's about it and it's like yeah yeah thanks for that dad yeah yeah dad yeah, and he's just like, do you know, go like a bit crazy? Because you only see like Janice, my wife, and then the people at the gym. And I was like, well, now that you've said it, <laughs> yeah, yeah now, now I feel bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but to be honest, the, the only difference is, well, I can't go to the shops, which again we don't really do anyway because we get our, our shopping uh, as like a click and collect. So we yeah. just get all the shopping, I drive, pick it up, and go. Um, so the only big difference to my lifestyle right now is not being able to go to the actual gym. But I was lucky enough that I decided to build my own gym in my garage. Yeah, so, well, so I've seen that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, one of those decisions that I was just like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Because it saved, not only going to save me physically, but it's going to help me so much mentally. Yeah, definitely. Just to have some sort of normality in your routine. Exactly. It's funny, I... um. I put up a post probably, I think it was a day or two ago now on Instagram and Facebook about perspective. Like I think there's a lot of people freaking out about, especially here in Australia, a lot of people freaking out about lockdown. And I said, how often do you sit there and say, I wish I had just a week to sit and watch Netflix and do fuck all. Well, guess what? You might have four. So it's not that bad. Like in 2020, you can work out at home, even if it's got to be body weight, do something Netflix is so easily streamed. You've got so much access to podcasts, online learning. It's really not that hard. No. It's not that difficult. So, no, out of any time period to be locked in your house, we're in kind of the ideal time period. 100%. You, know, you can speak to your friends. Again, I play the PlayStation with my mates just to socialize, and that yeah, helps a lot. Um, you know, we've got things like this. So I'm speaking to people every day. Like I'm speaking to, you know, I've already done a podcast earlier this morning for my podcast. Um, I've I've spoken to my clients on the phone. You know, I don't feel like I'm lacking. I don't feel like I'm lacking any form of communication, which is which is great. You know, it's gonna be weird not seeing people physically. Yeah. Awesome. I'm just trying to move you a bit closer to me here because I feel like I'm far away from you. (laughs) One second. Do you want to see me up closer? Is that all right? Yeah. I have a, I'm, I'm admiring that beard. I wish I only... <laughs> it's off- going to yeah. get bigger. Exactly. So, um... It's going to look like... 
it's it's funny you know it's I've, I've been it's like I said I've been consuming your stuff for three years now your content and for me one of the biggest things that that excites me is the ability that you've had to especially engage CF parents but also younger kids so for a lot of people it's with cystic fibrosis, yeah, you're doing things that most other people don't. You know, at the moment, I'm taking 50 tablets a day um, with, with, you know, my digestive enzymes and everything, which to someone else sounds like madness. They think that you literally spend your day sitting on the lounge popping pills, but it's just yeah. like second nature. It takes an extra 30 seconds of your day up. And exactly. for a lot of people doing treatments and what it looks like to have a nebulizer and all those sort of things are, I guess cause a bit of anxiety and stress but seeing someone like yourself who's in amazing shape or cover magazine shape and is at your age you know married having a normal healthy life and social life aside from the time at home um it's awesome it's awesome because i think you've actually been able to cause a real mind shift and a real a real bit of mental clarity in the CF space because I constantly see you sharing stories of young children who are dressed up in their Thor outfits, you know, doing their, yeah. their lung, their lung medication and the nebulizers. And it's great to see. So tell me how you started that. Where did that all begin? Because for anyone who's listening here or watching on, if you don't follow Ben with long hair, you've got a striking resemblance to our own Aussie icon, Chris Hemsworth. Um, and you throw on a, a Thor suit and you've obviously got great shape and a great physique. It's inspired a lot of young kids, which is, which is amazing. It's like having a real life superhero for these CF sufferers. So talk to us about that. Firstly, thank you. That all means a lot to me. Um, it's, it's funny because I, 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 I am me. It sounds like it's such a funny sentence, but I, I am me. So I don't know. I kind of put things out there and, you know, social media and all they're just numbers to me i've never kind of it's hard to comprehend the impact that it's having on people i just see you know comments and stuff and i see likes and those things are cool but it never really quite has the same effect on me that you know someone whenever you say something like that so thank you um very no, much the whole thor thing started years ago people this is when i had short hair before that but People used to say I look like Chris Hemsworth, like a lot. I used to get that, either that or Chris Evans. So it was either Captain America or Thor, and I was like, either. Take, take your pick. <laughs> I'll, I'll take either, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I again, it was. I wish I could say it was like a planned thing, but it wasn't. I, I grew my hair because I always wanted to see what I would look like with long hair. I thought yeah. this is this will be cool. I'll grow it out and, and see what happens. Um, tell you what, the dedication it takes to grow your hair out long, anyone who has long hair now, I'm just like, I know what you went through. I know yeah. how many phases of, of just you look like you need a haircut to, you need a cap to cover that. I know how many phases you went through, so respect. Um, but yeah, I, I started growing it out. And then when I was over in England, visiting my in-laws, I found a foam Mjolnir, the hammer, force hammer. I was like, need that. that, that's so cool. Um, and got that, and then it was actually, again, people people don't really realize this, but the whole Thursday day posts came from 
me just being a nerd and being inquisitive i wanted to find out where we got the words of the week from i yeah. was like why do we call it wednesday why do we call it thursday and the origin of the word thursday comes from thursday in fact all the oh, wow. english words of the week come from norse mythology so okay, wednesday wow. is Woden's day yeah so which is odin's day uh thursday is obviously thursday you change literally one letter and it's yeah. suddenly thursday uh friday is phrase day so you know there's a it's it's all from yeah that makes sense there yeah that's and cool. I put that up and I had the hammer and I was like, that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll put the hammer and I'll, I'll take a photo and say Thursday. It comes from, you know, the word Thursday or Thursday comes from Thursday. Um, and then that post went crazy. Like that and then the subsequent one and I was like, oh, I'm kind of on some. This is kind of cool. I'll maybe just do this for fun. Um, plus, who does not want to be referred to as a superhero? Yeah, exactly. Like that that's awesome but then i started realizing the, the power that i had and uh i realized well, i can actually do something really special with this you know if i dress up like thor and that's when i thought okay i'm going to invest in this costume which again it was an investment it, was, it cost a lot of money um but it's going to sell the idea that i am thor to these kids who are here they're not going to know any better they'll see hemsworth on screen and then me and on instagram and be like they're the same person yeah. they're not going to look into, into too much detail those would be like yep that's him and i just thought how much i would have loved to have had that image of a superhero taking the things that i took when i was a kid i just thought this is the coolest thing i could possibly think of so i was like i just created the superhero that i wanted to have when i was a kid that's awesome um, and then obviously it just it exploded uh, and it's it's still kind of you know it still blows my mind that I've had that much of an impact on people's lives who I'll probably never meet or speak to. And it's, um, yeah, man, it's hard to, it's hard to get my head around, but I, it's something I'm very, very proud of. I think it's, you know, you, you should be proud of it. And that's, I say that honestly with, with every bit of, every bit of genuine, being as genuine as possible, because I think, as someone with CF who wants to inspire that community, like you said, you can't go and meet them. You can't be face-to-face. You can't have that chat. You can't do meetups. You can't do the things that most other people in the fitness space would be doing with regular, healthy beings. And I think what you're able to do is have an online presence, however, that gives people as close to that as they can get. And yeah. That, that's cool, man. It's it's so good to see. And I think a world where people with cystic fibrosis feel proud to do their treatments and are excited to do the things that actually make them healthy, that's part of who we are. You know, I have I have people ask me all the time, do you wish you didn't have CF? Would it be easier? It's, it's what makes me who I am. It's probably the reason exactly. that I've got the mindset that I do, you know, the strength that I do to get through tough times and overcome things. So I think it's part of our DNA. You should own it. And everyone at some point in their life has a challenge health-wise that they have to overcome. So, you know, and it's it's funny. Like, I'd, I'd like to get your perspective on... You've obviously got a very good mindset. And I look at a lot of people, and I speak to a few people with cystic fibrosis from, you know, other countries and also from here in Australia um, that maybe my parents have had association with their parents, you know, back in the day. But I was very similar to you where 
my mum and dad really shielded me from what was happening in the CF world because my idols growing up were rugby league players, you know, athletes, you know, my old man because he was fit. So it was, for me, I always looked at what I could become as opposed to what negatively could happen as a consequence of cystic fibrosis. And that was a really important part of, I think, my youth because there wasn't really at that time any figures like yourself who were promoting really successful lives with CF or great health and I still remember we talk about it a lot and I spoke about it in episode four my parents at my first cystic fibrosis appointment were sat face to face with the doctor who told them and this this sounds terrible this is so disrespectful to anyone who has cancer or anything like that but he said your son will be better off with cancer because he'd die or get over it. This is going to ruin his life. Like, what a, what a negative comment to, you know, first-time parents, let alone first-time parents who are trying to figure out what is going on. They've never heard of cystic fibrosis in their life. And from that moment, they... My, my dad abused the shit out of him and they left and they never went back to him and found a doctor... Don't know if you ever heard of Dr. John Morton. He was a um, sort of from Sydney. He actually died of um, of motor neuron disease six months after I left the children's clinic. And beautiful man, but an amazing doctor. And the importance of his mindset was huge for me because he was always like was an advocate for me you know, sprinting and doing my exercise and and doing everything that I could and had a really positive mindset, which allowed me to have a great influence, not only from, you know, you know what it's like as someone with CF, especially as a kid, when it's still a little bit frightening, you go to every appointment and you just want to be healthy and well, that especially when you have been healthy and well, that there's almost that anxiety to hear what the doctor has to say when he listens to your lungs or he checks your lung function you want to know that he's positive as well. So I think it's so important to have the right health professionals around you and make sure that you're almost a little bit brutal with the health team that you have looking after you, making sure that it's in your best interest. And one thing I felt there's a real lack of education in is CF nutrition, as well as, yep. as, well as CF, I, I think... It's hard to express, but you know what I'm talking about here. For anyone listening, when you grow up with cystic fibrosis, there's always this stigma that it's very hard to put on weight as someone with CF and to get the right nutrition because you don't have digestive enzymes being produced by your pancreas. That's why we take them. And I think where they may go wrong, and I'm not speaking for everyone here, but a lot of my experiences were eat as much as you can, have plenty of snacks, plenty of takeaways, plenty of fatty foods without the education that maybe you should eat healthier fats, more wholesome foods. And it's just a real emphasis of calorie intake as opposed to calorie quality. And then there's also an issue with cystic fibrosis related diabetes, which I encountered at 13. And for a long time was told just to consume sugary foods when I felt like I was having a low blood sugar. It wasn't until I actually started researching health myself and thought, maybe if I just avoid sugary food as much as possible, I won't have to counteract a low. 
So what were your experiences being on the other side of the world with CF Nutrition and the advice you've been given? It's, it's, it's my biggest pet, pet peeve, to be honest. Um, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a qualified nutritionist. I have a precision nutrition qualification. Yeah. And I'm just, a, I'm just a geek when it comes to the human body. And when I started learning about nutrition, I suddenly realized how moronic and archaic just wrong the information that I was given and my parents were given when I was growing up and, and throughout my teenage years and I can remember this so specifically so I remember going to the CF clinic and I this is when I started training and I started putting on good weight like my weight started jumping up because I was in my you know early teens so my testosterone was on a good old rise yeah. I was training I was eating enough food and my muscle tissue was just it was like I was allergic I was just swelling up um, and I remember going into the CF clinic, but this is when I was an adult, so my mum wasn't there with me. And uh, they asked me what I was eating, and I told I told them what I was eating, and it was again. Now looking back, and I was like, oh god, that shouldn't. Yeah, that's a terrible diet. But I said, oh, at some point, I was like, oh, I want to have protein, a protein shake with creatine, and the dietitian's face just went, sorry, and I went, I'm having a protein shake with creatine. They were, oh, why? It's like uh, to. Re- pair my muscle from the damage I've done in the gym oh no no you, you can't be doing that you need to stop that immediately I was like oh why he's like oh well it's bad for your liver and I was like well I know it's not because there's no scientific evidence that an, a normal amount of protein has any detrimental effects to your liver in yeah. fact the only way you could damage your liver would be as you, if you abused protein on a consistent basis I mean having like four or five hundred grams a day consistently that's the only yeah. way which is hard enough yeah, to get like 200 things. in 220 let alone yeah yeah um and then they were like oh and creatine creatine's bad for you too and i was like how how is it bad for me tell me why it's bad for me and she was like oh it's just it um it, it can stop your growth i was like okay um so i'm going to tell you what, what how creatine works and what it does and then you're going to tell me why you've just said what you said and i this <laughs> I was like 19 or 20. I was just like chewing this adult up. And I was just like, again, my hands were like shaking like a leaf because I was waiting for her to just smack me or like yell at me. But I put her in the dirt. Like I just said to her, like, this is, I know why I'm doing this. I am clearly doing well. My lung functions are going up. My mm. weight's going up. I feel great. I look great. You should be listening to what I'm saying, not chastising me for what I'm doing. And again, you think about how small that percentage of my diet was from protein, a protein shake. Yeah. It was, it wasn't enough to even be concerned about. Like I was telling her, oh yeah, I'm eating, you know, eggs in the morning. I'm having some tuna, you know, I was having good whole meal sources um, for the rest of it. But you're just right. The nutrition advice is pretty dire. Uh, In fact, it's literally, I just did a, I'm just looking at my whiteboard here. So for people who, don't know i have a a website called cf strength which is literally what this is designed for the website is for me to just brain dump all the information that i've learned over the years and i'm getting specialists in as well to kind of back up what i'm saying because whilst it's cool that i'm saying it if i can get as you know a professional to back up what i'm saying it it makes it concrete yes this is the way you should be doing things but i literally just did a video on nutrition awesome um, and the, the the, the approach they're taking is from the 1950s. 
that's the last time I feel like nutrition was revised. Again, this is not to you know tar everyone with the same feather, you know, same, same brush, because there are some fantastic nutritionists out there who deal with people with cystic fibrosis. And for those people, I have so much respect because they are not just being they are being, you know, kind of it's like a conveyor belt, but then they're taking it upon themselves to go, okay, this is this sounds wrong. I'm gonna then go and learn this myself. Definitely. Um but yeah, the advice that they're giving is is very outdated because back when that advice was being given out and was sound, people were not living beyond twenty. You know, so they didn't really care if you were overweight or had any digestive issues or had you know, we're, we're going to run into a heart attack or they didn't care because that wasn't a concern. In fact, my client who, I, again, today I did a podcast with, David, he was born in 1983, I believe, and the life expectancy then was two years old. Wow. He, he was told by his, his parents were told in 1983, your child will live until two. He's now 36, if I remember yeah, well. with my math. Um but then when I was born, it was 18. So that was when they found the gene, they found out the genes and all that stuff. But so, you know, at that point, the nutrition may have been actually, that's probably the best idea for them. Just, just, just eat, just force them to eat, get their weight up. That's the immediate concern. Whereas now it's like, okay, so there's two ways of gaining weight. There's either putting on muscle tissue or there's gaining fat. There is no condition in the world. <laughs> Caveat on that, there may be something, but there's very, very few conditions in the world that are made worse by being in shape yeah every exactly. condition you can think of is you're gonna you're gonna be able to, to tackle it a bit better if you are strong fit and healthy definitely i agree and it's i think now the importance is and i say to a lot of people the importance has to be almost your own research and understanding what works 100%. for your body as well as opposed to just listening and practicing what you're told in a doctor's surgery a lot of that information is extremely generalized and i think understanding that the majority of people with cystic fibrosis aren't healthy and understanding yeah. that that advice is probably more geared to them as opposed to someone who's very able very fit very active um you're gonna find it hard to recover and train properly if you're eating potato chips and chocolates consistently just to keep weight on so just before we crack on with the episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Aboveline Security Solutions. Aboveline was started here in my hometown of Wollongong, and the owner and director, Anthony, is not only a great human, but a great businessman. They provide services in crowd control, static guards, function security, and corporate security, all with a quality guarantee. Aboveline was created not only to rival competitors, but to beat them in their trade. Constantly monitored through security KPI reports to guarantee staff are trained and skilled in the areas that your business needs and to ensure they are at the top of their game all the time. Head to AboveLineSecuritySolutions.com for more. That's AboveLineSecuritySolutions.com. Now back to the episode. Yeah. And that really played into, you know what, now looking back on it, I'm kind of glad that that happened because it's now given me such an appreciation for when someone does pick me for their team yeah. or when someone looks at me and go, he's an athlete, we're, we're taking him. Like, yeah. So to give you an idea, I uh, have you ever heard of the Rocks, the, the Titan games? Yeah. So 
The yeah. Rock did this TV show called The Titan Games. He's done two seasons of it. The first season, they called me and asked me to apply. Awesome. Like, like that. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so I went, I flew over to LA. They flew me over to LA for the weekend. I had to do a bunch of interviews before that and a little paperwork, but I got to LA and I arrived in this massive area and there was all these, I mean, these people were athletes. They were not just looking for normal everyday people. They were, there was an ex NFL player there. There was loads of college football players there. There's basketball players there. a myriad of athletes. And I was standing there like, <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, this is ridiculous. But I, and it turns out I was the only person from anywhere else in the world. Everyone else is from the States. That's cool. And that's the reason. That's the reason why I didn't get on because they messed up my visa, and like uh, I couldn't oh, legally be on the show. You kidding? Yeah, so anyway, but I was at that. I was at that combine, which is basically the, the kind of test to see if you were physically fit enough to do the show because they don't want to get some person who physically can't do the tasks. It was never a let's make fun of people who can't do this new ninja warrior type thing. Yeah. Um. But I was like, I remember after we got split up into groups and. We were in a group of 10. Again, these people in my group were athletes. And I remember at the end of the day, when we were all was said and done, they were, were kind of all sitting in the bus, and they were like, well, if Ben doesn't get in, or Thor, they said, if Thor doesn't get in, none of us are getting in, because I was like the top of the group. Oh, wow. And I remember just, I just remember sitting there going like, I wish the 15-year-old me could just be here, sitting beside me to hear that, because he's still yeah. in me. He, that that child, that teenager who never got picked for anything, he's still very much in my, my mind and he can hear everything that's going on and it just yeah. is it is so incredible and you, you know what scene, this is this, sorry but you know what scene that really just gets me in in Marvel, in Marvel films which one? it's the scene where Captain America when he's skinny, Captain America, Steve Rogers yeah. is speaking to the Dr. Erskine who's the guy who created the Super Soldier Serum and he basically sitting there and he says like why me why did you pick me there's all these guys who are so much stronger than me they're more physically capable than me they're all like six foot something they're all huge and the guy dr erskine you know again i'm not getting this verbatim but he's like well they've known strength all their life they don't know what it's like to be weak so they they won't appreciate strength whereas someone like you you will appreciate it because you know Definitely. what it's like to be weak and you will stick up for people who don't have that strength and, and that's why you know that's why we picked you and definitely that that is that is me in a nutshell like that's what it feels i think like. that's I almost cystic fibrosis in a nutshell right because yeah. it, you know w- within within a matter of months or even weeks in some cases something can affect your health enough and it was that was for me coming out of hospital uh, at that 18 year old age where I went from, like growing up, I was state champion, 120 meter sprinter. Like I was, I was the guy at my school that was like fit, healthy, was the guy to get picked first in teams, as arrogant as that sounds. However, then, and, and I was a PT for a while heading out of school, but then stopped focusing on my health as much and it become more about trying to look physically appealing as opposed to actually being healthy and coming out of that hospital bed losing nine kilos and feeling like i remember i remember getting on the treadmill the week after i got out hospital 
and walking for 30 minutes and feeling pretty tired. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how can you go from being like at the top of those little testing points where you're so healthy, so fit, so strong to struggling to walk? And it took time to build back up and I did. And especially this year, like I was saying earlier on in this podcast, there's been a real emphasis on, I feel like I lost that in these last few years where professionally, so I do real estate for work. So it's easy to get consumed in doing deals, making money, you know, doing more and more business and building more and more of a, I guess, an image within this industry. But just realize that I've just really lost my path with my health and taking steps now to get back in the right direction and have more focus and more time and better life balance has been a real key factor for me. Cause I want to feel that again. You know, I want to feel like I'm at the top of my game and be proud of where I'm at health wise. So when, for you, I'm interested, so you're 30 now, at what age was it really apparent that you had a physique that was marketable and talk to us about the process of getting obviously magazine exposure and everything that's happened along the way? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think the start of it was I used to work in a news agency with one of my best friends um, and we used to obviously stock out the shelves and stuff uh, most of the time. We'd just mess around a lot of the time. But um, I remember putting out a men's fitness or muscle, I think it is muscle and fitness, and I was putting out the cover and as I put it up, my mate went, you can do that. And I was like, what? And he's like, you can be in the cover of that? He's like, you, you, your, your physique's good enough. And I was like, it's not, but thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, and then that kind of sowed the seed in my mind. And then I started, I, I got the job as I, you know, my career path completely changed since I became a personal trainer. And I remember training in the gym and one of the other PTs said to me, you should do a fitness model show. I was like, what is a fitness model? Like I knew what the word model was obviously, but I was like, what is a fitness model? Like, what, what does that involve? And he's like, oh, he's showed me. And I was like, oh, okay, these guys are in great shape. And he's like, you've got the genetic, you've got the structure to do this. And I was like, okay, cool. So I entered my first show not having a clue what I was doing. And I ended up winning it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, and then I, again, to fast forward a couple of years, I was training with a guy, um, his name is Neil Hill. He's, he's one of the top bodybuilding coaches in the world. Yeah, and the name rings a bell. He came, yeah, he came to train with me, and we were upstairs, and we were after the session, and I was like doing some bodybuilding posing, and uh, he's like, "Mate, he goes, I don't say this to everyone, but you probably have one of the nicest physiques I've ever seen." And I was like, "Whoa, okay, that's amazing coming from someone whose literal job is to get yeah. people Olympic for the Olympia stage, like." to that level I was like wow and he's like if you went down a certain path i.e. performance enhancing drugs you could be what you could have one of the top physiques in the world and I was like whoa okay um it's a lot of information to to digest um but ultimately it came down to I've never touched steroids in my life and I'm, I'm so proud that I've never touched them yeah can't say that I've not thought about it because I think everyone who's trained probably has. Um, I mean, I say all the time, it, God, it would be good to have something that makes you feel just unbelievable. But it's then again, like like you said, for someone with our health issues, the last thing you want to do is aggravate anything else. 
exactly you don't know what could happen um plus the thing for me was i love being able to speak to parents and i love being in the position i'm in because i can honestly hand to, to my heart and say everything i have done you can achieve too yeah everything there's nothing i've not taken any shortcuts i've not done anything not wrong because you if you want to take steroids fine but just be honest about it don't, don't yeah. lie to people and say that you're not yeah, um, I agree. yeah that, that means the most to me but yeah so that kind of you know gave me some confidence in my physique <laughs> believe it or not my confidence has never been great i still still not the most hugely confidence confident person in the world um, yeah. i've just pretended to be until everyone believes i am um, yeah of course but that, that was a real confidence booster and then i could see that my physique was aesthetically pleasing like it's the thing that people a lot of people don't realize is that your physique your, your genetics your muscle tie-ins your the muscle bellies it's all genetic like it's like saying people seem to think that you're you know everybody's going to look the same from from the neck down yeah. you know everyone's going to look the exact same it's like someone coming up to me and saying oh, i want to look like brad pitt in fight club and i was like well you're not going to because that's brad pitt that's yeah. like saying i want my face like brad pitt is like no matter what you do you're never going to look like Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. Yeah, that's and, it. You know, it's it's ludicrous that we think that genetics stop you know, below the chin. Yeah. Um, but you know, some physiques that look more aesthetically pleasing than others. Again, I wouldn't say that mine is the most aesthetically pleasing, but I understand that it's got some aestheticness to it. Um, but in terms of like the magazines, I, I put myself out there. I didn't. I always thought that. My, my dad taught me this if you don't ask you don't get so I would put myself out there all the spot nearly all the sponsorships I got in the early years it was me going to the companies and being like this is what I'm doing do you have any interest and they were like yeah cool let's do it um so a lot of the opportunities I got were for my own my own asking um but then obviously now as, as the time goes on companies are not approaching me and I'm, I'm very very fortunate in that sense and opportunities arise just because of what the, the kind of foundation I built. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me for you, like, is there anything actually, so when, when was the cover mag? When was that? Uh, I'm just looking at it here. Uh, I think it was 2015. Yeah. 2015. So five years ago. Far out. Maybe I've been following you for longer than I thought. There's a significant difference, two seconds ago, because there's a significant difference in my physique. Uh, uh, is this it? Yeah. So it was that. Because January... I, I, I remember seeing that when it was fresh, so maybe I've been following you for longer than I even realise. So, yeah. you're, you're, so you've you got just... far more mass than that now, right? Yeah. And a lot more beard. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot bigger. I mean, to be honest, so I got that call. I got the call that they wanted me to be in that two weeks before we did this shoot. Oh, I was, was going to ask about the prep. <clears throat> yeah, that... I had just gotten married and I had just finished my first bodybuilding show. And I had I had not rebounded well after that show. I had just eaten a bunch of crap and, and had no structure to my training. And to be honest, that's I know I know this sounds ridiculous, but one thing I always say to people is everybody's own standard of themselves is specific to them. 
So whilst that standard to, to a lot of other people would be incredible, for me, that was beneath my standards that I hold myself accountable to. And when I look at that photo, I'm like, oof, I, I, I was, I am not, I'm proud of the accomplishment, but I wish I'd had a little bit longer to get ready. Yeah, definitely. But again, that's just my own opinion. But yeah, I've, I've, I'd say I was maybe like 77, 78 kilos there. How tall are you? Uh, I'm like 5'8", five 5'9". Five okay. Yeah, I'm, Which I'm, a lot of people think I'm... Everyone's like, oh, you must be like 6'2". I was like, yeah, I, I would have thought, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm well proportioned. I'm not, I'm not huge in any area. Yeah. And... That, that, that plays a lot into it. So again, I, ha- I was speaking to a client this morning who, who I've spoken to for the first time and he was just like, but how are you? And I was like, um, again, I would like to say five nine, but he's like, man, I thought you were like six foot. He says, you look so tall in your photos. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's because I'm watching it. I've always gone for the athletic build rather than the bodybuilder build. So when yeah. someone calls me a bodybuilder, I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather be called athletic. Yeah. Because I like that small waist, you know, Okay, yeah, but yeah, that, that that surprises a lot of people. I think it's I think people like to hear that though. So what do you like, weigh now? Sorry, about eighty eight kilos. Eighty eight. See that? <laughs> I'm eighty five, and I'm in nowhere near the same shape as you. So I've got some work to do, man. So it's um, but I'm I'm well, probably you... just on six foot. Again. You know, weight weight's another very difficult thing to it is, isn't it? To measure things on because yeah, you can't you can't. There's no way of again your genetics are different. Your arm levers are your length of your arms are going to be different than mine. Your legs are going to be different than mine. And the way I've always explained things is like if you've got a longer arm than me. So let's let's take a, a piece of toast, okay? If you've got a big piece of toast and you and then you've got a small piece of toast, but you same you've got the same amount of butter. One, you, you spread the butter on both pieces of bread. One of them, the smaller one, is going to look like it's got a lot more butter on it than the bigger one. Even yeah, though correct. the exact same amount. Yeah, good good so, analogy there. See, for me, could, my... I could give you all... Go on, sorry. Like, I could give you all the butter I have, put it on your frame, but it's still going to look different. Completely different, because you're yeah. Oh, I, um, for me, my, my goal has always been so my old man's 54. And he's he's a unit, like, he puts me to shame, like, he looks like he's 20. And my goal has always been to surpass him eventually and try to get in good shape to make him feel like he's a little bit lesser than me, so a little father-son battle, but I think that's a long way off at the moment, to be honest. Well, to give you an idea, my dad's 6'2". Yeah, wow. My dad, yeah, I know, my mum's 5'2", though, so I kind of landed, like... In the middle. You probably got um, the good side of it, to be honest. Yeah, well, I got my mum's calves, so yeah, I'm no. happy with that. Uh, but yeah, my dad, my dad was always my like hero, and he he always will be. Um, but I remember getting it was uh, we, we we go to Florida as a family. I mean, me and my my mum, my dad, my brother, his wife, his kids, now my sister, and my wife. So we all go together, and it was about two or three years ago my dad said to me can you train me for this holiday i said yeah sure he's like because i genuinely don't want to stand beside you in photos because i just feel i just feel crap and i was like my dad's in great shape he's closing in on 60 and he's in you you would never know my dad is in, in unbelievable shape but 
like when he sent it to me, I was like, hmm, cool. Yeah. Like, this, this, is, this is awesome because I've always looked up to my dad. My dad's my hero. Yeah, same um, as me. So, yeah, awesome to hear that. Yeah, 100%. So tell me, what for you looking forward to the future now? Obviously, the next couple of months are going to be weird. They're going to be different. But we're all still trying to improve and grow in different aspects of life. For you looking forward, are there certain things that you want to achieve now? What are your goals? What do they look like? You know, CF related or not? Yeah, so um, build the CF Strength website to as big as I can get it. I The CF Strength website is something that I... I'm so passionate about because, I, as I said, I just want to educate people. I want to give them the power that I have in terms of their education because I want them to be. I don't. I hate just telling people things. I like to teach people things because it's the whole analogy. You know, you give a man a fish, he's fed for a day. If you teach him to fish, he's fed for his life. Yeah, agree. that's the analogy I take from this. And the the lack of education, as we've talked about in CF, is 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 dire. And the idea that I could help without sounding dramatic if you are looking after your health when it comes to cystic fibrosis you are buying years of your life back you definitely know, treat your body poorly if you don't exercise correctly or at all uh, you're eating poorly you're not sleeping correctly you are chipping away years of your life so the goal for the cf strength website is it's a grand one but it's i believe it's you know it's very much achievable is that by people signing up to this website again, it's a membership website, so it's cheap, but it allows me to spend as much time as I can within that website. If it's given me some form of, you know, financial benefit, again, not huge. It's only eight pounds ninety nine a month. Yeah. But the fact that it's that, it allows me to then give time back to people because that's ultimately what it comes down to. And that's a trade off. You know, my time is so precious to me. And if people Definitely. are willing to invest in me, then I'm willing to invest in them. But the, my biggest goal is literally to increase people's lives, you know, lives with with cystic fibrosis, and yeah. educate them and not make them feel as scared or as lonely. Because the one thing I find that speaking to more people with CF is that the things that you think are unique to you and the thoughts that you have turns out when you speak to someone with cystic fibrosis, they're not unique or you're not yeah, you know, exactly. just you. They're shared by people all over the world, and to me, that was the most powerful thing. I mean, I. I have cried speaking to my clients on the phone because there's things that they've said and things that I've said to them that we've both just been like, wow, I thought that was just me that thought like that. And even now it's making me a bit emotional because it just, the, the sense of, again, I don't know what the emotion is. I don't know what it is whenever you speak to someone and you just, you get it. You both get that feeling. It is a, it is freaking amazing. Like yeah, I definitely, overwhelmingly positive and if i can help more people with cystic fibrosis realize they are not alone that they can take control of certain variables of their life and if they can get those nailed they can massively increase their life not only their life duration but the quality so for me cs strength is my my number one priority and how old is that website now literally not even a month I was going to say, because I was scrolling through um, your feed this morning, having a look to try and pinpoint dates and whatnot, and I see like the three days to go, two days to go, a day to go post, and I thought, oh, it's not that far back, so it's pretty fresh, and how's the response been? It's been good. There's a lot of people, again, it's just trying to, like anything, 
you can launch something and, and kind of the, the problem is with me is I don't like I don't like being a salesman yeah. I know I sound like one now but I've, I've always struggled to be a salesman because I've just kind of been like you know if people want to come that's cool they can come to me but realistically I need to put a salesman hat on for this because I need to by me not telling people what's in there and what they're going to get I'm doing people a disservice because if, if you don't know about something you can you can go the rest of your life not knowing it and that's fine whereas if I tell you what's there you know then you're going to be like oh okay now you've got the you know the information you need to then jump on but the response has been incredible there's you know there's there's a bunch of people in there already that have been they're doing I mean it's, it's amazing but you know what said, I, I've got you can add some real value here to this community. So I think you need to be as much of a salesman as you can be. If you need any tips, I'm a greasy real estate agent, so feel free to, feel free to ask. But um, yep. man, it's, it's, I think where there's value to be added, you can never stop promoting it enough because it, this will change people's lives. It will, it will save people's lives who yep. are being more conscious about their health. There's so many people with cystic fibrosis that probably just haven't had that bit of inspiration enough yet to really open up and understand that there is more than just the doom and gloom. And that's part of, to be honest, part of what I want to do is, you know, this podcast, I say to people all the time, the reason I started this is I love conversation, but conversation is powerful. It can change your life. And it may be that one person listening to this CF or not, is inspired to look after their health or their well-being or their mental health, whatever it may be. Maybe that, you know, 10 people with cystic fibrosis, you know, subscribe to your website and go and live a healthier life and it adds 20 years, you know, for them to be with their family. That's huge. You know, even if it's one person, that's ginormous impact. Yeah. It, it, that's what I, I remember saying. That's what I did a, something like such a name dropper here, but, I did the men's health cover model competition yeah. back in 2012, maybe, yeah, when I was 22. Yeah. And I remember the interview, I got right through the finals. In fact, I was told by, I mean, I've been screwed over so many times. But anyway, I was told by a couple, the Telegraph, the Telegraph um, came over and interviewed me and said, so what's it, you know, what's it like being on the cover of men's health? And I was like, I'm not yet. And they're like, oh. Well, we've been told that you're going to be on the cover. You, you won the competition. I was like, oh, for me, that's amazing. Went to the cover model competition party and it was like, it was, there was five of us in the finals. Um, I took the voting, the public voting by a landslide and the other guys there were like, well, we all know what's going to happen here. Super excited. And I was thinking this is going to be amazing for the CF community. Like if I have one kid with CF sees this, I'm happy. You know, if I, yeah. if I can impact one child's life or one guy young adult's life with cf i'm happy and then the the curtain fell and it was someone else i was Kidding. like oh no they uh apparently i was i was too pale wow the guy they put in the cover yeah the guy they put in the cover was tanned because he was in the military and he'd been abroad for like 16 weeks so he was tanned that's crazy it's a, I've been, I I can tell you all about it. Like I've been screwed over so many times by companies and stuff. And you know, it's, it's, it's part of life. But I remember so specifically just thinking if I could impact one person with CF, like I'd be so proud. And now it's at least 10, I would say conservative. I've I've impacted at least 10 people. 
That's good. <laughs> I think that's very conservative, to be fair. Um, to, so tell me, for you, and I'm not going to hold you up for too much longer, but obviously married. How long have you been married for now? Um, I've been with my wife for 11 years. So oh, wow. um, married since 2015, so nearly five years. Yeah, awesome. And five years. she's obviously, I remember seeing years ago, you guys used to do your little vlogs and vlogs, um, yeah. yeah, and that, that was cool to watch. She's obviously extremely supportive of your cystic Master. fibrosis and whatever you're doing in life. But I'm interested to hear, you know, I think, as someone with CF and our families understand it, it's not as scary because we live it. And well, yeah. actually I'll, I'll track back there. It can be even more scary when you live it, but I think because you understand what your capabilities are and that there's ways to overcome this. You know, if I put my list, <laughs> my list of issues in front of someone who didn't know me, it doesn't sound great or look great. You know, to tell someone I've got CF, liver disease, I was diabetic. I've got esophageal varicity issues. It's overwhelming and scary. So how does someone like your wife adapt? And when you guys met, was it a lot for her to understand? Not really. Um, I've asked her this a few times, and she often forgets that I have it. It's yeah. Just like, you know, she kind of, for, the, for good or bad, she kind of forget. Oh, yeah, he should he should do his nebulizers more, or I should encourage him to do those more. Yeah. And it's not by any means a lack of care on her on her behalf. It's literally because I'm so fit and well, and yeah. I would go as far as to say I'm probably the fittest and strongest person she she knows. So I've never gotten sympathy from her in that sense. I've got sympathy for her, even for other things, but she's never felt. I, again, this is I'm talking on her behalf, but she's never seen me as weak or not weak, but she's never seen me as a, a weakness. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what way to describe it. Without I know what you mean. And, but like, yeah, she's never um, been concerned about, she knows that I can, I've got control and, and with the things I can control, there's no point in stressing about them because they're out of my control. Um, but as I said, I was hospitalized twice, quite, I think it was hospitalized yeah, when I was 18, so I met her when I was 18, um, and she was there every day in the hospital, two weeks. Um, awesome. Really supportive. Uh, yeah, she's, she's incredible. That's good, man. That's great to hear. And I think it's, you know, like we said before, the people you surround yourself with are so important. I think, especially with cystic fibrosis, the last thing you need are negative influences in your life that are going to affect your health or your confidence to do what you need to do to keep moving forward. But I don't want to hold you up for too much longer, man. Like streaming in from Northern Ireland, which has been amazing. I appreciate it so much. I really hope that people get something out of this chat, whether it be CF patients or not. I think there's so much to gain from someone who really understands their body and you can see is, you know, you're extremely passionate about what you do and the impact that you have. So I want to say thank you for that because it definitely inspires me from this end of the screen to look and to know the potential of someone with cystic fibrosis. Are there any words that you want to leave off on? It, it all starts with your mind. Um, there's something that I came up with the other day and it was one of those just random analogies I came up with. And I, I believe this CF is, is a fire. And 
now we, we all know especially Australians unfortunately you know how devastating fire can be yeah um, but on the other side fire is also a fuel and can be used as a source of energy and I believe that the way you interpret your cystic fibrosis ultimately comes down to what way you view that fire and what way you manage it and what way you treat it I like that fire fire very destructive CF can be very very destructive if you allow it to burn it is going to burn everything person relationships everything it will burn everything in this path if you're not controlling it however on the flip side if you look at it as a source of motivation which you clearly do i clearly do people like josh do people like sophie holmes do multitudes of people around the world with cf they do it as well it ultimately comes down to that you know are you going to let that fire burn and destroy everything yeah or are you going to harness it and use it as a source of fuel and energy because the term is you know he's got fire in his belly it's not that his belly's burning up when you say it doesn't want to mean someone is riled up to do something yeah so definitely. that's the analogy that i came up with the other day and i was like i like that that's kind of that's i love that analogy actually i've said similar to i've said something similar before but compared it to a game of poker it's easy to get discouraged yeah. being dealt a two and a three when everyone around you looks like they have aces but if you just hold on long enough and you persevere, that last card can be a winning combination. And I think perseverance is the key. I love where your mindset's at. And I appreciate this chat so much. And I hope that we can stay in contact because I really want to I really want to watch on as I think you've got a lot of growth in this space to come with the launch of the new website, which I'm going to have a bit of a play around on today and, and jump in and subscribe. So thank you so much for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Mudge. What's your Instagram handle for everyone? At Ben Mudge underscore. Someone's taken Ben Mudge, believe it or not. That's all right. Some guy who hasn't used it in five years. He's still yeah. got it. So, that's right. I bet he doesn't look like Chris Hemsworth. So, mate, you're, <laughs> you're the real winner here. So, mate, you're an absolute legend. Thanks for being on the show. Um, I'm going to click off now. But, guys, go follow him. He's, he's a real inspiration. Thanks, matey.